Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Today we have Jimmy Lam. He's the president of the Landlord Association, as well as an active investor in real estate, residential and commercial properties in this area. Jimmy founded the Landlord Association back in 2013, has owned more than 30 single-family properties before transitioning into fix and flips, apartments, hotels, and other commercial projects. So Jimmy knows a thing or two about real estate investing. I'm very excited that we're starting a new segment called Ask Jimmy, where he answers some of the questions posted on our Landlord Association Facebook page. So let's get started with our interview with Jimmy. So uh, today we have Jimmy Lamb here uh, on our, for our first Ask Jimmy segment, where we're going to uh, answer some of our Facebook uh, members' questions. So, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Thanks for having me, George, and uh, looking forward to interacting with uh, some of the members on Facebook. Um, hopefully, we can have a more productive community. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you want to ask Jimmy a question for the future, um, you know, leave a comment or post a comment on the our Facebook page, uh, Landlord Association. Facebook.com slash group slash Landlord Association. So uh, let's get to our questions. So the first question came from Chris. So Chris says, I have a potential tenant that is specifically asking about having a trampoline in the backyard. The HOA where the house is located allows trampoline through application approval process. The lease we normally use specifically does not allow tenants to have a trampoline. I'm curious on everyone's thoughts on allowing or not allowing your tenant to have a trampoline. What do you think, Jim? Uh, I think, you know, so I think you kind of separate it into um, what's kind of the official, what you officially tell them and what you, how you actually in practicality deal with it. So for me, I would officially tell him, you know, if he asks me through email, I would specifically write an email back and say, per the lease, it, it, you cannot do that. You know, so that, you know, if anything happens, then you can refer back and say, hey, I told you not to do it. Right. Um, now, you know, how you want to enforce it, if you kind of, if you say that, but then if you kind of like, well, you know, kind of, you know, it, you, know I, you don't mind, yeah. then you can kind of turn a, a blind eye, you know, and do whatever you please. Yeah. But I would, you know, for me, I like to protect myself as much as possible from a risk perspective. And so, you know, I would always, you know, that's the, you know, the, the way to limit your risk the most. And so I would always say in an official capacity, hey, no. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, same thing with that kind of like pets and animals too, right? Sometimes, you know, in the lease, you, you know, it said no pets, but you know, if somebody want, really want to have a, a cat or dog and you know, you don't want to just break the lease and kick them out, you can, say hey you know give me some pet deposit or uh, yeah yeah I think I think I think with pets then you know I think with pets if you just kind of say no and you know they're gonna do it anyways then you might want to monetize off of that and say hey you know give me a pet deposit or hey give me a monthly pet fee you know right. because uh, you might as well monetize that right yeah 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 it's a little different when you have like 10 people trying to live in an apartment or in a house then you, you probably want to uh, you know raise the right flag and say you know look your, your lease only said you have three people here and now you have 10 people living here and right right and and, and you you're you're gonna be able to catch some of that by you know um kind of looking at the utilities and you'll be able to catch some of that by other tenants complaining you know whether they have so many people come in and out all the time 
um, you know, you just have to train property management to really be aware of uh, what's going on in, in, each, in each property. Perfect, great. All right, uh, our next question come from uh, Brandon. Brandon says, hi, I have a tenant that wants to show proof that my HOA taxes have increased because this is the reason I'm increasing the rent. Would you show him the proof? Why? Why? Um, I wouldn't. Um, you know, I think that you know it's um, it's normally fine to show this kind of stuff. But the 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 negative aspect is, you know, you start to train them to ask for proof of this, ask for proof of that. Um, I think that you know what's better is to say, hey, you know, I'm increasing your rent because. Um, you know the market has gone up and you can kind of show and say hey the market's gone up a hundred dollars you know I'm only increasing it by twenty five fifty dollars and you can you know go that way that way you don't have to dig for bills and you don't have to dig for taxes and you know if if, if your HOA or if your taxes go down you don't want to have to you know decrease your rent you know I, so I would stick to more publicly available information um, and, and point to that to increase rent. You know, for me, um, I usually, you know, up front, um, as I sign the lease uh, for my tenants, say that, hey, you know, in this current market, you know, rent, you know, increases or rent increases historically has been maybe, you know, four or 5%. And for me, I just want to let you know that, you know, if you're a good tenant, you know, we'll definitely be on the much lower end. I'll give you some discount to rent increases, yeah. you know, as we move forward. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, if you're, you know, if you, you know, don't, you're, you're not a really good tenant, then then we'll, we'll keep at the market, right? And so I, I kind of set them up to also know upfront that there yeah. will be, you know, rent increases. And if they're a good tenant, then they'll see a, the, the lower end of that, all right? Okay. What if you're taking over a lease, um, you're buying a property that's already have a tenant in there, and somebody says, well, the previous owner told me that, you know, this is, you know, he's not gonna increase my rent. Do you, do you, in that situation, do you, you know, say because of change of ownership, we have different policy? Well, it, it depends. Um, so if the prior owner signed a lease with them for mm -hmm. three or four years, and it actually says no increase of rent, then, you know, you have to live by that lease. And before you buy the property, you have to ask the seller to provide you any lease, and um, and you got to be be sure that um, you're able to live with that. Yeah. Um, now, um, you know, after, if if you got only a one year lease and it's you know a few months from expiration, you can change it to whatever you want to. Right. And it's just a matter of um, how do you justify and how do you communicate that to your tenant, um, you know, and so. Yeah, and, and that, you know, it's hard to give advice because I don't know what kind of condition the house is, you know, if it's in very nice condition and, you know, you're the only house that's really nice condition. So then, you know, you have a lot of leverage. You can do whatever you want because, you know, it's not like they have other choices. But at the same time, if the house is not in really great condition, if rents are already high as it is, then, you know, tenant has more leverage because they can just leave and find a better house to rent. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. All right, and uh, I think we have time for one more question. So this question will come from AJ. It says, hello all, due to various reasons, we decided to discontinue tenancy of our, one of our tenants. He didn't take it very kindly. He was refusing to pay rent until we write a good reference letter. Ooh, we gave him a reference letter, but now he wants to uh, amend to specifically write that he paid rent on time, 
I don't want to sign the false statement. We have already signed him pay or quit notice as well as tenancy termination letter. He has called me three times and sent me numerous texts to amend reference letters and change move out day to end of July. I'm ignoring his texts and calls and ask for him to, get to doesn't go anywhere. If he doesn't pay as pay or quit notice, I'm going to file eviction. He said he, he can take up to six months to evict. We're in Wisconsin. Any advice? Yeah, I'm in I'm in Texas, so uh, might not um, I might not know Wisconsin laws um, that well. Here in Texas, um, you know, it takes about um, you know th kind of about a month to evict somebody. In Louisiana, um, you can probably evict somebody within one to two weeks. Um, so um, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can say since I don't know Wisconsin law. Yeah. Uh, and I just went through eviction as well, and uh, you know, it took about a month, month and a half to get him out. And she actually appealed, right? The judge actually mm -hmm. gave gave the eviction order, but then she appealed the eviction, but then she never showed up for the eviction hearing, uh, for the appeal hearing. So uh, uh, the judge just gave us uh, the possession after that. Right. Um, but yeah. Texas and Louisiana are pretty landlord friendly state, and so you know it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm not sure about Wisconsin, but you know. right. So don't don't just freak out if you you know, go through the eviction process. Um, it's uh, a lot of people go through it, and uh, it's pretty um, you know relatively uh, efficient here, at least in Texas. Yeah, yeah I would say. Um, so if somebody leaves the house in a pretty poor condition, do you go after any of the tenant for uh, not only the uh, you know I guess you know you're evicting them? Is there any recourse? For damage they've done to the house. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so usually you, you number one is you take it out of the deposit. Number two, what I do afterwards is I uh, send it to collections, and usually for collection companies, um, whatever they can collect from the, uh, the the tenant, they'll give you a portion. And so I just let the collection companies handle it afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Do they charge any upfront fees? No. Like some some of them do, and they give you a higher percentage. You know when they get stuff, some of them don't, and then they you know they they have a higher split. You know? Okay. Yeah. And how how do you prove your collection? Do you uh, if there's like five thousand dollar damage, you just say here's my invoice from contractor. Yeah, yeah. You give okay. them your invoice, and then after that, you know you show them your lease and everything. You got your your driver license ID. Yeah. Gotcha. You don't have to go to a small claims court no, get a judgment or anything. You can do that, but yeah. typically they don't have the money to pay, and yeah. so it's either to send them collection. So maybe in the future they have money to pay uh, when they're trying to buy something that requires credit or, or whatever, uh, and you know. So gotcha. it's just it's just more efficient to uh, let um, collections handle it, you know, in case you know. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll do it for today. Thank you very much, Jimmy. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Look forward to next week. All right. Take care. Bye bye. See you guys on the next podcast. Yeah. Thanks again to Jimmy for coming in and answering our questions. Again, if you want to ask Jimmy a question, please go to facebook.com slash groups slash landlord association and post your questions there. Thanks to bandsound.com for providing awesome music. And please leave us a ratings and review on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thanks again for listening and see you on the next episode.